like it did on the day of rushing in, rushing in like a mighty wind. Fill us up, fill us up with your presence and your power. Lord, do it again. We are here, we are here, crying out on one accord. Let the heavens, let the heavens touch the earth. Come in light, light a passion in our hearts. And Lord, let it burn. Start a new revival. Come on, is that our cry tonight? We want the Holy Spirit to come. Amen. Yes. Overwhelmed by your grace. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Overwhelmed by your glory and your grace. You'll consume us with your love. Give us more. Give us more and more of who you are. We can't get enough fire. to me is that 500 people had that opportunity but only 120 stayed amen yes. and and you know i believe that we are the remnant that's going to yes. stay yes. for the outpouring amen? amen and that no matter how long we have to wait which i don't believe we're going to have to wait i believe it's happening now amen? amen there's a move of god that's taking place amen Hallelujah. just like you did it before lord we are ready for more just like you did it before lord we are ready for just more like you just did like it. just like you did it before lord we are ready lord we are ready for more just like you did before just like you did it before we are ready lord for we are ready for come on sing it again just like you did just like you did it before 
Lord, we're ready. We are ready for more. Just like, just like you did it before. Lord, we're ready. Lord, we are ready for more. Say, Lord, Lord, we're ready. Lord, we are ready. Tonight, Lord, Lord, we are ready for. Come on, say that again. tonight when we begin to cry out to the Lord and we begin to sing to him amen the word says that he lives inhabits the praises of his people so he's already here in this place amen Hallelujah. I need the Holy Ghost I need the Holy Ghost in fire fill me with the Holy Ghost fill me with the Holy Ghost in fire I need the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost in fire. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Ghost in fire. Come on, sing it again. I need the Holy Ghost. Oh, I need it. I need the Holy I Ghost in fire. you're filling us up you're filling us up tonight we thank you holy spirit we welcome you into this place oh god thank you god thank you for your presence tonight we thank you jesus that you speak to us oh god nothing like your presence lord yes god thank you jesus thank you lord hallelujah time stands still yes whenever i'm with you no other place to go. Yes. And there's no rush. I'm not in a hurry. Yes. It's okay to take it slow. Minutes turning into hours. Doesn't really matter. I just want you. Oh, come on, I know that's the cry of your heart. You're the only one I'm after. Spirit come in power. I just want you. And only you. Oh, Lord. I want only you. Forgive me, yes, God. I've been too busy. 
trying to do things on my own and your embrace is what I've been missing I don't want it to go minutes turning into hours does it really matter I just You're the only one I'm after. Spirit, come in power. I just want you. I just want you. I just want you. Nothing compares Nothing comes close. I just want I just want you Nothing compares to you Nothing comes close Oh Lord, we desire your presence Nothing compares to you, God We just want you, Try out for more of you If this is a glimpse of heaven I could get used to this I could get used to this the fragrance of your presence I could get used to this I could get used to this oh, come on sing it out to him if this is a glimpse of heaven I could get used to this I could get used to this the fragrance of your presence I could get used to this I could get used to this if this is a glimpse of heaven I could get used to this
place we thank you for your presence God that you're the only one that we're after God and we've come God to worship you we've come to tell you how much that we love you God to push aside our agendas our schedules oh God God so that we can encounter your greatness encounter your love encounter your power God and we thank you Lord Jesus that you are in the room tonight God, that you know every circumstance, God, and you're bringing healing to every heart, to every life, oh God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you heal even memories, God, of the enemy that would try to bring things up from our past. God, but you begin to bring that healing, God, where that pain is no longer associated. God, and I just thank you that you have delivered us, God, to deliver others, to set others free. God, and we thank you that you are bringing freedom to every heart heart to every life God those that we're praying for tonight family members oh God uh, circumstances to be turned around oh God Lord I just thank you that tonight is a night of breakthrough that tonight is a night of miracles and we thank you Lord Jesus we thank you God that 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 there is nothing that is too hard for you Lord, yes, Lord. God we surrender all to you we thank you yes, God Jesus. God for the rest of this week and even oh, into yeah, the weekend oh God God that you're going to show your favor that you're going to show your hand upon us God in the situations that we're praying for for there to be tremendous breakthrough for there to be tremendous turnaround oh god that you are the way maker lord and we thank you for we thank you for the word that's coming forth that's going to bring god deliverance to us bring breakthrough to us and we open up our heart blessed time as we go in kids church god that the the your holy spirit would just come in power even in in kids church tonight oh god god they would just begin to uh encounter you at a greater level god 
God, that they would begin to speak in tongues, that they would begin to prophesy and preach your word with boldness, oh God, to set their world on fire for Jesus. God, thank you, God, for a revival that's coming to them. God, for this generation, oh God, and we just thank you for it. God, in the agenda of the enemy that's trying to come and try to bring confusion over this generation, we break its power in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of chaos and confusion, God, we break it. We thank you, God, that what the enemy brought or is trying to bring for evil, that God's going to turn it around. God, and it's actually raising up a generation of prophets, prophetesses, oh God, that they would begin to speak your word. God, they begin to preach your word with boldness, oh God, and walk in spiritual authority. God, they would have visions and dreams and encounters with your presence, oh God. Lord, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I just wanted to encourage you as I'm about to go in with Kids Church. We have great things that we're going to be working on tonight. Josh and I were talking in the car on the way here. He was talking about some prophetic words about um, transition in the spirit realm. And I was just telling my mom today, which is a very rare thing that we're able to spend any time together. We had a few hours together today. And um, I was like, man, over the last few weeks, it's been so much transition. You know, it's been a lot of transition. Things that you and I, Miss Kathy, have been talking about that you've been sharing with me. It's been a lot been a lot going on. I know a lot of people that are connected to our lives that this has been like, you know, transition. And and it makes perfect sense because what we experience in the natural realm mm-hmm. always is a reflection of what's taking place in the spirit realm. So when we're going through transition, when we're going through, um, you know, things that we're having to adjust and, and, and work out that weren't necessarily on our schedule, but we're having and it's demanding attention of us, understand that that's also was taking place in the spirit realm. And as we begin to talk, you begin to share with me that, you know, in this word that he was reading or listening to today that was talking about transition it was saying that transition is happening but it's in our favor yeah and yes. transitioning yes. in yes. the heavenlies that's yes. taking place that's in our favor that you know the war that's taking place over things that you've been praying for and been feeling the opposition i'm gonna let you take it and i'm gonna go yeah so i mean i'm gonna tell you what god is doing is amazing you know i, I will say this we all hear the voice of the enemy at nighttime sometimes, but I'm going to tell you, Friday night and last night, I've never heard the voice of the enemy so clear. And I, I remember waking up telling Bethany, and I said, I'm hearing giants talk to me, spiritual giants. But I got excited because I know what my Bible says, that when Joshua and Caleb, come on, my name is Joshua, Joshua and Caleb go into the land that was with giants, come on, it was promotion time. It was time to move into the purpose that God had for them. So I couldn't sleep, and I'm like, man, Lord, I got to get up and go to work in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I said, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm going to pray. And I got in his word, and I'm going to share this with you real quick, and I won't take long. But I'm with the second Chronicles chapter 20. And it's when King Jehoshaphat has the army, and they're about to go out to battle. And, and we will break this down in the future. But he says, tomorrow go against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Z. Well, Z is a, um, a mythology creature in the Hebrew culture. And he says, you will find him at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeril. And he says this, and this is what I want you to remember, and I'm going to turn it to Pastor Bev. He said, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves 
and stand wow. and see the salvation yes. of the yes. Lord yes. on yes. your behalf. Amen. And it says, oh, Judah, you are in a praise church. Judah means praise. Oh, people of praise. And then he says this, and Jerusalem. And I said, you know, I've never looked up the Hebrew meaning of Jerusalem. Jerusalem means city of peace. We are going to be a people of praise that live in a city of peace. Yes, and the hallelujah. Lord, and he says, Glory do not fear, be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. So when giants start talking, your promotion is right around the corner. Amen. Amen. What a word. Love that. You don't just go ahead and preach. <laughs> wow, what a powerful word. Yes, and tomorrow things are about to change, and we're in a season of transition. Amen? And you know what? Transition for some people is difficult. Some people don't move well. They're not very flexible. They don't move well with change. But when we are people of God, we can embrace the change. The world is ever-changing, and we must be pliable. We must be pliable, open to the Holy Spirit for him to work in our lives, for him to give us direction, for him to show us the things of, this, of the Spirit, the things of the Father, so that we can walk in that victory. Amen. I love that. Love that, what you just shared. Um, I'm up here to make an announcement, uh, and that is about the women's meeting coming up on September the 19th. Ladies, go to praisechurchoflouisiana.com, and you can register there to be a part of our next Unlocked Leadership Luncheon. We would love to have you connect with us there. And then we have an exciting event coming up at our New Orleans campus in the month of October, and we'd invite all the ladies to come and connect with us for that as well. That's on the weekend of October the 8th on a Saturday. And, um, and before I turn the service to my husband, um, and he will he'll present the tithe and offering and everything whenever he feels led to in the service. But before we go into that aspect of it, uh, I just feel very strongly. Um, I did not get to uh, meet the gentleman on the back row Sunday. I know you were here with us Sunday, but the Lord's yes. But the Lord's just been speaking to me about a spirit of oppression and depression that tries to come on, on you from time to time. And God wants to reveal himself to you in such a way that you will not experience that anymore. The Bible tells us in Nehemiah, in the Old Testament, in the book of Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And there have been attacks that have come specifically targeted to steal your joy so that when you don't have joy, you don't have strength, and you can't fight. Joshua just stood here and gave a powerful word from what God was telling him, and, and he encouraged all of us with that about the giants. When the giants are coming, that we know that we're about to win. It's just before we're winning. And so I know that the enemies come against you. God's shown me that, and God's shown me that in your alone times, you really struggle with oppression and depression. A lot of it's had to do with... Um, judgments of people upon you that have not understood you they haven't understood you or your purpose who you are where you were going and so they've made judgments and it has pierced your very soul because you knew they just they don't understand me they don't get me I just want somebody I want to tell you God understands you and God gets you and God knows right where you are and while he did not bring the negative things in your life he will take those things that Satan meant to bring destruction. 
and he's going to turn them around. He's going to teach you of, of the Father as you walk through the situations. Every one of us in this room has walked through many storms, many trials, many issues, times of brokenness, times of hopelessness. But when we've walked through those times, as we've cried out to God, God has taught us and we've grown in him <clears throat> in that process. So I just want to share that with you so that you'll be encouraged and you'll know that God's laying you on people's heart who don't even know you, who've never even met you, but God's speaking to us about you and we're praying for you because God loves you. God sees you right where you are and he wants the opportunity to prove to you his mighty power and to turn it around so you will walk in the joy of the Lord, <coughs> which will be the strength that you need to fight every battle that comes against you. And God says to you, do I know you? I do. You've been here. Okay. That he's, he sees your faithfulness. That you have been faithful and you've persevered and you've stood even when it hurt to stand. And when people also ridiculed you but from a different perspective. What he has gone through is a different type of ridicule and judgment that you have, than what you have encountered. But you've also encountered that same thing. But God said he's found you faithful. So now is not the time to give up. Whatever you do, don't retreat. Don't pull back. Some of the challenges that come our ways, all of us, and I know some that are coming your way, would cause you to want to retreat and just say, I'm exhausted from fighting. I feel like I'm fighting the battle all the time, all the time for myself and everybody else. And where you become weary is in fighting for the everybody else. But sometimes we're so caught up in fighting for everybody else, we forget to take care of ourselves and we neglect ourselves. So I'm just encouraging you to try to find that time you know, I, I love that song. It's new to us. We kind of messed up the words on it, but that's okay. We sang it from our heart. But, <laughs> but, um, but that song, it's one of many beautiful songs talking about being in the presence of the Lord. The scripture says there's times of refreshing when we are in his presence. And I just pray for a refreshing on you, a refreshing on you, so that you will have the tenacity to continue to be there for all people. And to be able to keep carrying on and fighting the fight for everybody that you're fighting on the behalf of. But that you also take some me time. And that you just can experience the peace, the rest, and the love of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a good day. Amen. I, I love when, when God begins to move and uh, we begin to encounter his presence. So I sat down just waiting. I thought, hey, give me a word too. I need one. Words of encouragement. Words of wisdom. Words of knowledge. And then... Uh, you begin to see the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate and how it brings healing to our life. Because there's no way that anybody would know um, what's going on in people's life except by the Spirit. And that's what's going on. And so that, that begins off with a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge 
is almost like a knowing of something that happened in the past or even now. And then it goes into word of wisdom. Many times they couple that like sisters. Word of wisdom gives an explanation of why, what I need to do. And then, then a prophetic word comes and it begins to talk about our future. And so we take all of those and we begin to pull them together and we begin to work those things in us so that we can get to the place where God wants us to be. I think God's so cool, man. He's, he's uh, incredible. I want to go into the scripture tonight, and, and, and I'm going to start in the book of Acts. Good to see everybody tonight, and uh, I'll be glad when vacation is over in a lot of ways, but, uh, but I hope everybody's having a good time. And uh, school started. People are, are uh, getting on a routine again. And then hopefully people get in the routine of getting back in church again. And so if you're watching by uh, video, you need to be here because we're missing you. And, uh, and everybody said, amen. amen. See, all these people are missing you, so you need to get in here. In, in Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 6, I got so much going on in me and around me. Acts chapter 5 is where I want to go. Verse, verse, uh, let's, let's look at verse 12, but I'm going to end up at verse 29. And then I'm going to backpedal a little bit and go into some other passages and, and begin to talk about the Holy Spirit and the importance of uh, being grounded in the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to work and operate in us. And so tonight's going to be more of a teaching than, than anything. So get out a pencil, piece of paper, take some notes so that you can go back home Rehearse it, look at it, make sure that I'm teaching you right. Amen? I think it's important. That's our job. To, my job is to teach you right. Your job is to make sure I'm teaching you right. Because there's a lot of things. And we need to get in practice with that because the Word says in the last days that even the most elect will be deceived. So we have to get used to studying the Word ourselves and dissecting the Word so we can have an understanding of it. But then, you know, I mean, there's... There's things that are coming out right now, cartoons that are coming out. It's talking about the Antichrist and, and all these things. And so it, it, it makes you wonder, just in the natural, is this setting the stage for what's about to come? I think it is. I think that everything that is taking place is a representation of what is about to come. So we have to be aware and we have to build our build ourselves in the Word so that when the Spirit begins to move, and I'm talking about God's Spirit, we know to follow Him. We know His Word. We know His voice. A lot, of, a lot of people are not grounded in the Word, and when something comes forward, they get the hooplas, and they get misled because it's not the Spirit. It's a familiar Spirit that, that's, uh, that's speaking. The difference between the Holy Spirit and a familiar spirit is the Holy Spirit is going to deliver a word that's going to be from God. He's going to give instruction from God. A familiar spirit is a demon spirit that understands your, your lineage, knows where you came from, know what's taking place. And, and you, can go, you can go on the weekend down to New Orleans and get around the square and there'll be a lot of psychics, the card readers, tea leaf readers, all this kind of stuff. And they're operating under a familiar spirit. And so they can tell you some of the things of your past and even where you are today. Why? 
because they're hearing from a familiar spirit. They're not hearing from the Holy Spirit. And there's some people that will, oh, man, that's God speaking to me. That's not God. It might be your God, but it ain't my God. But we want to hear from the Holy Spirit. Amen. And when, I, when I'm tuned into the Holy Spirit, the Word tells us that He will guide us. He will teach us of the Father. He will comfort us. He will give us instructions of what to do and how to do it. I believe that Noah received a very detailed instruction on how to build the ark. Uh, we, had, we, we went on a family vacation, and we went to Kentucky. We went through the ark that was built there, and it was amazing the, the size of this thing. But to see the detail in all of it uh, was incredible. You say, well, that's modern times. But yet when you look at how, the, how it was all put together, and, and as a replica of what uh, God spoke to Noah, you, you see where God had everything in mind, to all the seed, uh, um, the moths, everything. You know, it was just unbelievable. If you get a chance to go through it, it would be a great, great thing. Look at verse 12, chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, verse 12. And by the, by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And there were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. But of the rest, does no man join himself to them, howbeit the people magnified them, and the believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes both of them and, uh, of them and women, uh, insomuch that they even carried out the sick into the streets. I want you to look at this. They even carried out the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches that as Peter came by, at the least his shadow might overshadow them or overshadow some of them. And there were also come together, uh, my computer just went blank on me right here. And, and they also came together and the multitudes from the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed and this is what I want you to look at, everyone. They were healed, everyone. Everyone was healed. Doesn't the word tell us that there should be none sick among us? Well, we, we have people within the church that are sick. They're ill. They've got problems. Which tells us that possibly we, not, we might not be walking in the dimension that the early church walked in. Now, I'm making comparisons just in, in my life, in the church today, and I'm looking at the 21st century church, that, which is where we are, versus the 1st century church, which was marked by the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 coming down upon them, and they were all in one place, they were all in one accord, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The word says that there was a sound from heaven that filled the room, and then all of a sudden, cloven tongues like a fire descended upon them, and all of them began to speak in tongues. They, they had an impartation from heaven. We want an impartation from heaven. We don't need church as usual. I don't need a religious facade. I need a move of God's spirit. Let's look at that next verse in verse 20. Uh, and and then, then the high priest rose up and all that, that were, were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. Anytime that there is a move of God's spirit, the religious is going to get in an uproar. They're going to come against it. They're going to come out with their teachings. Well, the Holy Spirit's not for today. Healing is not for today. Well, how, how, can, how can you explain 
uh, the, the miracles that's taking place. I remember years ago, years ago, Bev and I, we, we spoke at uh, Brownsville's pastor's conference. I was a youth pastor at that time, and they asked me to come to speak to senior pastors. We've got 2,500 senior pastors, and I'm speaking as a youth pastor, or I'm a youth pastor, I'm not speaking to them as a youth pastor, on the Jezebel spirit, okay? There's a gentleman that meets us there, and he says, I want you to come to our church. I want you to come and hold a meeting there. So we held a meeting in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, the power of God hit in that place, and, and, and I mean, it was, it was unbelievable, uh, the, 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 the power of God that began to move. And I remember one night, they had all the children in the basement in children's church. Well, the power of God began to move. And I mean, people were laid out all over the place, and, and being laid out doesn't indicate a move of God's Spirit, but what was happening, it was a move of God's Spirit, and then they brought all the children out to be, be hands laid on them, so they started bringing them up. We couldn't move. I couldn't get around in the building, in the, at the altars. You had to step over people, had to climb over chairs and to get to somebody else to pray for them, and this is what was going on. People were being healed. People were being delivered, and they brought the young people out, and we lay in hands on them. And uh, I asked one of them as he was coming by, I said, what's wrong? He said, I have asthma. I laid hands on him. I rebuked uh, uh, this thing. I said, Lord, let his lungs inflate was the words I used. The after service, everything, we went back to the hotel room. We crashed. The next day, the, the, the afternoon, the, the pastor's office is getting a phone call, one after another after another. And the lady that was the mother of this child was watching the child as he was out in the street playing football. And she says it was uncommon for him to get out and play. If he did play a little bit, he would have to stop to catch his breath. Well, what was the, the problem? It wasn't asthma. The child, when he was born, had one full lung and the other, other lung was only half, halfway. So he had one and a half lungs. And so she brought him to the doctor. They took x-rays, and the doctor tells her, you brought me the wrong child. This is not the right child. She said, oh, no, this is the right child. Where he had one and a half lungs, she brings the x-rays and says, look at this. One and a half lungs, two complete lungs. God inflated his lungs, okay? So what I'm saying is how can, how can you explain that away? And, 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 and people will try to do that all the time because they, can't, they don't understand the power of God in a natural world. This is why he is a supernatural God. When he comes in, he's going to bring healing. He's going to bring miracles. He's going to bring deliverance. He's going to set people free. He's going to bring something that brings encouragement uh, to the people. And so verse 17 is, but the high priest rose up and they were all uh, with indignation uh, uh, and they were Sadducees and they were all filled with jealousy and laid hands on the apostles to put them in public, public ward. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go ye and stand and speak in the temple uh, to the people all the words of, life, of this life. And when they had heard this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and taught. But the high priest came. This is what's crazy to me. You've got, you've got people of the church, the high priest, that are coming to, to disannul a move of God's spirit. You know, well, I don't know why. I don't know what was taking place. Was it because it wasn't moving through them? 
or was it identifying the lack of commitment that they had that, that they were not spending time in the presence of God? I think the latter is more, more, more of it than what the first would be. But the high priest came and they were, uh, uh, were with him and called the council together and all the senate and the children of Israel and sent, the, uh, sent to the prison house and have them brought. But the officers came and found them not in prison, and they returned and told, saying, the prison house uh, we found shut and all safety, uh, uh, safety, and, and the keepers are standing at the door. But when he had opened, he, we found no man within. Now, this would be a rude awakening. You've got, you've got people you've locked up. The doors are still closed. You come back to get them, and they're not there. What's happening? What's going on? Yet you can see the confusion that could be taking place in the minds of the officers, the minds of the, the, the people, and now the word is coming to the high priest. They're not here. Where, where are they? What's going on? Now, when the captains of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were much perplexed concerning uh, them whereunto they would have grown. Uh, uh, and there came one and told them, Behold, the man whom ye put in prison or in the temple standing and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought him, but uh, without violence. They, they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. So they had enough wisdom not to come against the people that were receiving what God was doing, but yet they were still frustrated. <laughs> and when they had brought them and set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in this name. And behold, ye filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered and said, we must obey God rather than man. We need to obey God rather than man. Now, now when I look at that one verse there, there's a lot of things that come against us that we have a tendency of, of taking the words of people and obeying, not, not walking out and fulfilling, but when those words begin to pierce our hearts, it's almost like a, a false prophecy that comes, but we begin to operate in that dimension and take that on ourselves. Is that, am I making sense? So, so if someone comes and says, you'll never do anything in your life, yeah, 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 all these things that are being thrown out by someone, the word says that, that there's power within the tongue. We have the power within the tongue to speak life or to speak death, to speak blessings or to speak curses. Now, on the converse side of that, receiving a tongue or words or what people are saying, I have to guard my heart. If I don't guard my heart, then I take any old thing into my, into my spirit. And, and if I take it, then that seed begins to grow and I become a product of the seed that comes in me. I wrote something down as I was sitting over here. Old ways, old ways will not open new doors. Zig Ziglar says this, if you do any one thing 21 consecutive times, you've now formed a habit. So I can, I can sit down with a group of I'm doing the same thing they're doing. And now I've formed a habit in my life. I've formed a stronghold in my life. It's the way that I think. It's not, not the end product of what's coming out. It's the way that I think that's causing me to do those things. So I've got to change the way I think. So old ways will not open new doors. Old ways will not open new doors. So I have to have new ways. 
I have to have something come and transform me, and I have to renew my mind. How do you renew your mind? You renew your mind by studying the Word, opening up in prayer, opening up your life in prayer, de devoting yourself to God so that that change, that influence, that, that presence begins to come in, and we embrace that, and we hearing His Word over and over. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And I'm having that Word come inside of me, and now it begins to change the way I think, and now I'm thinking New for the new doors to open. Old ways will not open new doors. So if I got new way of thinking, then new doors are coming in my way. So if I'm, if I'm dealing with oppression, if I'm dealing with depression, if I'm dealing with, with issues that are there, I, I need to change the way I think so that that won't keep lingering in my life. Making sense. So when I start changing, how do I change? The greatest way to change is reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God. I, I was dealing with somebody in New Orleans um, uh, last Sunday or Sunday a week ago. I uh, can't remember so much. It's just going, 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 going so fast. Um, and I began to tell them af after uh, the power of God hit them, the power of God came upon them, and I said, you need to read the book of John. Well, why I need to read the book of John? Because the book of John tells you how much he loves you how much he cares about you. And I need to get that in me because sometimes I don't feel like I am loved. I don't feel like anybody can love me, much less a God. If, if earthly people that are close to me don't know how to love me, then how can a heavenly father? And we equate things uh, uh, many times with our earthly fathers, earthly family, and that's how God responds. It's not, that's not God's ways. God loves you with an everlasting love and, and to the point that he gave his only begotten son to save us. So I don't know anybody that's going to lay their life down for me. Make sense here? Come on. But, but God did this knowing, knowing that we would reject him along the way, that we would, we would, we would we'd walk away from him. We would uh, have all these things in our life, but yet he still sent his son to lay his life down for us so that we have an avenue to get back to the Father, to have that relationship so we can know how much he really loves us and really cares for us. Make sense? Amen. Thank you, John. And God our Father raised up Jesus whom we, whom we slew, hanging him on the tree. Him did God exalt with the right hand to be uh, the prince and the savior, uh, to give repentance to Israel and remission of sins. It's not just to Israel, but it's for the Jew and the Greek, for the Jew and the Gentile. When you, when you see Jesus getting in the boat one time, he says, let's go to the other side. And when they get to the other side, they're not herding sheep. They're herding pigs. Jews never dealt with pigs. Gentiles raised pigs. So now you see him dealing with the Jews. He came first to the Jew, and now he's going to the other side. So much in that story. Now he goes to the other side. A man that's demon-possessed comes out of the tombs. He sets him free. Uh, all this stuff begins to happen. Uh, the, the pigs now that they were raising... These demons went into the pigs, and, and they began to jump off the cliff. It's almost as though these pigs had better sense than people do sometimes because, because they didn't want that in their life, so they're going up, and they're drowning, you know, and now the people are coming watching and saying, what was going on? Our profit, our investment now is just jumped off the off the cliff, and now they're drowning. And so people were coming from all over to see what was going on. So Jesus went from dealing with the J Jews 
He crosses over to the other side. He now deals with the Gentiles. He's come to the Jew first and to the Gentile. You and I, if you're not Jew, you're Gentile. <laughs> go, with, go with me to Romans. Romans chapter 10. Let me get my glasses on so I can see. Romans chapter 10, and I want to look down at verse 17. And... Uh, Let's go back up to verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Even as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring good tidings, uh, bring glad tidings to, of good things. But they did not all hearken to the glad tidings. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So belief cometh of hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. Belief comes, faith comes by hearing. One trans, this is the ASV translation. So if I go to the King James translation, the King James translation says, uh, it, uh, um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So our faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. It's not just a one-time trip to the altar. It's not just a one-time trip to opening the Bible. It's hearing over and over. It's taking word upon word, precept upon precept, and begin to get it into our life that we begin to have a, a balanced life in Christ. But in my balanced life in Christ, I have a strong foundation that when the storms of life comes, it's not going to rock me. I see people that don't have a foundation in, in Christ or in the word. And when a storm comes, you can't find them anywhere. They're just gone. They're, they're back to old lifestyles. They're back to old things. And, 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 and they're in confusion. They've got all kinds of issues taking place. But a person that has a good foundation, you might feel the pressure of things coming. But when you're, when you're solid on that rock, you're not going to be moved. You know, the old children's church song, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. You know, I mean, that we start instilling that in the lives of our children. So when they're older, they're not depart from it. But somewhere along the way, we move from a song to getting into the word so we won't be moved. Making sense. So if I'm, if I'm dealing with issues in my life and I'm wanting a change to take place, I need to be around people that's going to pray, that's going to speak the word, that's going to help govern over and, and, and begin to give instruction. But I can't just rely upon what they're doing. I have to read the word myself because it's not the word that my mother read and not the word that my father read. It's the word that I read and that I digest. Making sense. Third John. I believe it's verse 1 or verse 2. We have heard the word, we have seen the word, and now we have worked the word with our hand. We have handled the word with our hand. Three stages, three stages. Faith comes by hearing. We have heard the word. This is John, this is John uh, uh, that's, that, that um, if, you, if you look, uh, after Jesus was resurrected, he was the one that lived with Mary. He's the one that helped Jesus' mother lived with Mary, okay? And, and historians say that he was probably with her approximately 50 years. So when you read John's writings, 
you're going to find John's writings have more in it than all the other apostles, all the other gospels that are there. And the reason that there is more in there is because he was hearing all the stories that mama was telling when this baby was born and, and he started breaking teeth and he started, you know, he heard stories about Jesus and began to firsthand experience, see some of the things that took place. So he had more stories to tell than all the other gospels that we read. In fact, John says, there's not enough paper to write on. There's not enough books. If I, if I was to tell all that Jesus did, there would not be enough books to put it in. I mean, that's pretty, pretty strong. This is, this, is, this is our Lord and our Savior that he's talking about here. It's not just one that comes from their experience of crossing over, of seeing people healed, people delivered. Man, they were side by side. And then we begin to see all the other writings, John, John, first John, second John, and then John. So you got John, John. Anyway, <laughs> let's go to, let's go to Acts, Acts chapter six, Acts chapter six. And I want you to look at uh, verse one through seven with me. And in those days when the number of disciples were, was multiplied, there rose up a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the day of ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples into them, unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now, I want you just for a moment, think about that for a minute. It's not, it's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve table. There's nothing wrong with serving tables. And the ones that they selected to, to help the Grecian widows were powerful in the word. So it's not coming against saying that this level here is less than. But what they're saying here is that the word of God has to be the most important thing that we have in our life for us to be able to fulfill the serving of tables. That make sense? Go to the, ne go to the next verse here. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you uh, seven of honest men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. <clears throat> But we, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. We, we will give ourselves to prayer continually and to the ministry of the word. When, when, when there is a prayer life, it's going to bring you into another dimension of the spirit. But when you couple that with the word, building that foundation in the word, you're not going to be fooled, okay? But we give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word and the saying, please the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. Stephen was a man of word. He was a man of demonstration, a man of power. He, he, was, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and the demonstration. So in part of serving tables or what they declared, well, it's not for us to serve tables, but to give ourselves... It, in this, in his serving of the tables, if you will, 
to, to minister to the widows, to the minister to the Grecian women, the Holy Spirit filled Stephen was there to serve the Holy Spirit to the people. Make sense here? A man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost and Philip and whatever his name is and whatever his name is and whatever his name is and all these different ones that are there uh, in Antioch. Okay, so uh, uh, go to the next verse there. Uh, Whom they set before the apostles and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Now, now there was, there was, they were being set in order. The apostles were anointing them. They begin to see. They begin to understand that these guys are the right ones for this job, for this business. And so they, were, they went out to minister to these people faithfully. But in that, they were also serving the Holy Spirit to the Grecian widows. It wasn't just the food. It wasn't just the garments. It wasn't just taking care and helping. It was they were, they were demonstrating and giving the Holy Spirit to, to them also. Let's see what verse 8 says on that. And then if, if uh, and Stephen, full of, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. So as the Grecian widows began to gather, he saw needs and he saw situations, but being full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith, full of, full of power, he began to bring miracles among them. So, so that tells us and begins to give us uh, order or structure of how the church should be. Making sense? So, so we, we, have, we have outreach ministry. We have all these different things. But in that outreach ministry and in those other ministries or businesses, if you want to call it that way, they're full of power and they're demonstrating faith and they're bringing ministry to the people. It's not just from the four corners of a platform. Making sense? I, I was debating in me tonight whether I should start teaching about uh, the structure of the church, the structure of the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, those five, five parts of the ministry, which what, how, how do they operate and how do they work and who are they and how do they, I think we got, we've got things so upside down uh, in our world today, evangelists, many evangelists are not even tied to the local church anymore. They're in their own thing. They're doing their own thing. Uh, and, and I don't think that's the order of, of how things need to be. I believe that they need to be in the local church to, to lead the people to the local church. Anyway, go with me to 2 Timothy. Uh, I'll get on one of my rants. I'm going to stay off of that tonight. Chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want to look down where I really want to focus is verse 2 and verse 3. But verse 1 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at, the, at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season. Now this is talking to all of us here. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. So in other words, if, if you've been assigned to teach a... Um, uh, a young marriage class or, or children's class or whatever. There is a season that you need to be prepared to bring forth the word of God. When I get up here to preach, there is an anointing that I need to be prepared to walk in when I get up here. But then there's times that it's out of season where it's not time for me to preach, to speak. But if there's a demand to call on an anointing in my life, I need to have it ready at all times. So be instant in season and out of season. Have a word, a fresh word in you. Uh, not, not something that, that's four months ago. 
you know, well, praise the Lord. And back in the 70s, we had a move of God. Well, I can tell you tremendous moves of God. I saw blind eyes open. I can tell you people getting out of wheelchairs. I saw this. It was a common occurrence in our church. And uh, the prophetic word, the whole thing, everything was happening. We had hundreds of people coming to the altars. And this was under my father-in-law's leadership. Uh, but I can't live off of yesterday's manna. I've got to have something fresh today. And I think what we have is we've conditioned ourselves to live in history past. Many people are living in the past. They, they can't turn loose of the past to get into the future. But what looks like in the future doesn't look like anything of the past. So something that I don't understand and can't recognize, when it begins to surface, I begin to try to identify it by my experiences of the past and think that's where it should look. And if it doesn't look like the past, then it's wrong. So when the charismatic movement began to come forth, and when, years ago when the Catholics started, started speaking in tongues and started having, having Holy Ghost meetings and all, uh, uh, all of that began to surface and began to come forth, the powerful move of God began to take place. But what's about to happen is not going to reflect anything in, in measures the way it was then. It may have bits and pieces or reflections of some of that, but it's going to be even greater than what we ever encountered back in the 70s. Making sense? So you, have, you had the hippie movement that began to take place, and then you had the Jesus movement, then you had the charismatic movement, and, and now we're fixing to move. Right now we're in the uh, prophetic outpouring. But once we get to the apostolic move, we're going to start seeing phenomenal things begin to happen. And I believe that we are just crossing over uh, the threshold to get into the apostolic. Uh, the prophets begin to come forth, apostles are, are taking position and evaluating everything that's going on in the different realms that are, that are happening right now and trying to bring it back to the place of the early church where there's order in the church. There has to be order. There has to be a plan. There has to be a structure. Without order, without structure, you have no destiny. You have no vision. You have nowhere to go. So there has to be order. There has to be structure in order to get to the place of where you need to be. We, we, we're, we're, this church, what we want is when somebody walks in the door, that the power of God hits them at the door because the presence of God dwelling so much amongst the people that the presence dwells and is working that when people walk in, man, they feel something. They, they feel the presence of God. They, 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 they enter into this cloud, if you will, and, and, and begin to inhale the things that are there. And now they don't have to have a hand laid on them that because if they got an inkling of faith, they can jump into that dimension because of an open heaven over, over a facility, over a building, over a people. It doesn't have to be a building. It could be just the people. We can gather in a parking lot somewhere and people begin to drive up. You know, if you, if you study anything about church history and, and, and looking at in the modern, modern era where you have uh, uh, William Seymour and, and um, the different ones that was on the, on the, on the West Coast, that the, 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 the stories go uh, that, that people on ships would come to the docks 
and the presence of God would, would strike them where they'd fall out under the spirit. And when they'd come to, they knew what the building looked like. They knew what the street was. And they would begin to go and find the building on the street where the move of God was taking place. And then they would walk into the building and the power of God would begin to be overwhelming to them. And, the, and these are reports. I've got, I've got a big, huge uh, book of, of paper clippings from... Uh, the West Coast of what took place in those meetings. And you read them, and it talks about, well, so-and-so had a miracle today, a foot grew, you know, and it wasn't that they had three feet now, but they were missing a foot, and now they have a, a foot that, had, that grew into place, you know. Uh, go with <laughs> long-suffering and doctrine. <laughs> they exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Boy, that sounds like the times today. But after their own lust shall they heap themselves teachers having itching ears. In other words, in other words, what they're wanting to do is to please my ear and tell me, tell me what I want to hear, not what the word says. So so if there's no conviction, then if there's if there's no conviction in a place. If there's no repentance in a place, and, and I'm just saying, if there's no challenge that when I walk out the door, I'm scratching my head and I'm saying, man, I need to make some changes in my life. I need to, I need to make some turns to get closer to God. If there's no challenges in those areas, we might be in the wrong place. I think I've said this for years. I think it's a matter of life or death what church you go to. Go with me to Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Everybody doing okay? All right. Psalms 119. Are you getting anything out of this? Okay. Because we can go do something else if we're not getting anything out of this here. All right, let's look at 119 verse 11. It says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So here, let's look at, look at that for a moment. Thy word I've hidden in my heart. How do you hide something in your heart? How do you take something in your heart? How does it become a part of you? By meditating on it day and night. We read about Joshua, and the Lord began to speak to him and says, don't let anything separate you from, the, from this word. Meditate, and, meditate on it day and night. Don't let it leave you. So when I take the word of God, whether I'm listening to the word from a, a recording of somebody reading, whether I'm reading the word myself, whether I'm, I'm allowing a, a, a message to come, whether I'm hearing a, a praise and worship song that is founded in the word, that's based on the word, I'm, I'm taking that word and it's getting in me. It's getting in me. And I hide it in my heart. I'm not going to let anything steal it from me. I'm not going to let anything, I'm not going to let it fall on stony ground. I'm not going to let it fall on rocky ground. I'm not going to let it, I'm going to let it get in my heart. I've got to get it in my soul. When it, when it talks about the heart, the actual translation of that is soul. So the, the, the word says a double-minded man is talking about the soul. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his weight. A two-souled man. That's what it's saying. A two-souled man is unstable in all of his ways. So he's thinking one way for the moment and, and can, can deceive people by the way he's thinking. But the other part of him is, is living a life that he's trying to hide. 
so it's unstable. We got we got one in the White House right now. It's unstable in all of his ways. He's double-minded, and so you so you see him say one thing, and then you know there's another thing that comes out. You know, and it's when you, when you start seeing those things and you start, you understand the word, you can identify those things because of of what comes out and get in the Word of God. If you want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you got to have the Word of God in you. The Word of God helps you have discernment. Discernment. The Holy Spirit takes the Word and begins to reveal to you what you're dealing with. Makes sense. So if I'm dealing with a situation, I'm dealing with a condition, the Holy Spirit now can bring me to a passage in the Word that now reveals to me what I'm dealing with. So if I'm dealing with an Ahab, if I'm dealing with a Jezebel, if I'm dealing with an Achan, if I'm dealing, whatever is taking a Korah, you know, all, all of these different things that he brings back to my remembrance by the word, now I begin to discern what I'm dealing with. And then he, then he begins to fine tune where I'm at or how mature that spirit is that's in their life. And so it brings it to the beginning stages, middle stage, or the end stage of the, of, the, uh, of the stories that we read in Scripture that now begins to reveal to me and gives me understanding of what, what I'm dealing with and where am I and how do I need to deal with this at the stage that it's at right now. So it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So if I take that and I begin to look, this is how I read scripture, okay? This is how I, I look at things. I'm not saying it's the right way. I'm not saying it's the, it works for me. If I take that word there and just take my time and say, okay, how can I keep sin from being in me? How can I do that? By hiding the word of God in my heart. So if, if thy word I have hid in my heart, and I do that so that I might not sin. Now, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. There's not a perfect one among us. Okay? You know, somebody come cut me off on the road, I'm going to lose my temper. Anybody else in here with me on that? Okay? I don't like that. Okay? I got other people in the car with me. You know, if I'm by myself, I might race you. But, but don't cut me off right now. You know? So, but if I hide the word in my heart, I'm not hiding it that it doesn't come out or, or people don't see it in me. I'm taking it where that I can't lose it. If I'm wanting to keep something that nobody can steal from me and nobody can move it, you know, I've got a problem in Bev's car right now. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with it. I brought it to the shop. They said that nothing shows up on the computer or anything. But Sunday I was riding out. I got to the red light. And it felt like that the master cylinder was going out. And all of a sudden, the brake went all the way to the floor. And I got people in front of me, you know, and, and I'm, I'm moving because I'm late. And so I start pumping the brakes. It pops back up. So I bring it to the shop. We can't find anything. So I've been letting her use my truck. She's in the other room, so I can talk about her right now. So all of her stuff now is in my glove box, it's in, in between the seats, it's on the seats, it's in the back seat. And, and, and I got in it earlier today and I said, what is all this stuff? Well, I need, I need that. Now, I can't find anything because everything's been moved. My, this is my point here. So if I don't want my things moved, then I have to keep my keys in my own pocket. 
I can't let anybody else use my stuff because they're going to rearrange it how they want it. Anybody? Come on. <laughs> work with me. Work with me here. So if I'm going to hide it in my heart, is I'm not going to let anybody rearrange that word. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, that word is hidden in my heart, and I'm going to fight for that word for me. I can do all things through Christ. You say I can't do it. I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. Uh, and when I'm weak, he's strong. So I take that word and I begin to work it in my life so that I can walk this walk that I need to walk. Sometimes we, we come in, we get saved, we get delivered, we get set free, and now we're dealing with wrestling. Paul says in, in Romans chapter 7, from whence is this warring in my members? What, he's talking about his soul. He, he's saying, where is this warring in my members coming from? And then he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this evil? And then he goes into chapter 8, and he says this. You, you find a transition from him wrestling in himself to being free in himself. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? Okay? Chapter 8 goes right in. For there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if I want to stop the wrestling match going on inside of me, I need to get in Christ Jesus. And I need Christ Jesus in me, which means the word of God needs to be in me, part of me, all around me, all the time. Making sense? So it's, it's not, you can, you can create a habit in your life, however, whatever kind of habit you want. The greatest habit you can have is your prayer life habit and your reading the word habit. And then sit back and start meditating on that word. What does it mean to me? Get a pencil, piece of paper, write it down. What does that passage mean? What is it saying and what does it mean to me and how can I use that? Those three things, if you start putting that down, it'll start changing your life. Why? Because it's not just reading it. It's now focusing on it. It's now managing it. It's now taking it, bringing it to where you're washing your mind to get those old ways of thinking out to get the new way of thinking in so I can have new doors open in my life. The word says he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll cause a river in the midst of a desert place. He says, he says I will cause you to spring forth. In other words, where you are right now is not where you need to be. But he will cause you to spring forth. In other words, to be able to leap over things that are hindering your life to get to the place where you can have that peace and that joy. In school, I got bored real quickly, so I'd take my pens apart, and we made spit guns with it or whatever, and, and I'd take it apart, and I'd grab that spring in there, and on the, the ink tube, I'd pull it back, just bored, you know? A lot of it was ADD kicking in. and So anyway, I'd spring it back, spring it back, and then it'd slip out of my hands, and it, it would spring forth. You know, and, and so that, that word there now comes alive to me when it says, I, I will cause you to spring forth. If you take a spring, recoil it back, and then turn it loose, it's going. It's going to leap somewhere. So what God does sometimes, he causes us to be recalled back. And then he turns us loose to leap over things that could be a hindrance to us. 
It's just this simple practical application of working with the Word of God in our life. Uh, uh, what, what was the next verse that we had there? Because I've lost my place here. I'm hoping you're ha- hanging with me. Is it, Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. Show me your ways. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. When we start studying the word of God, we begin to find that there are no limitations to God. No limitations to God. So we have limitations because we've allowed things to shape the way we think. We allowed it to shape the way we think. This evening I was, I was, I was studying the word and, and I came across a passage and, and it says that, what did it say? Oh, it just went blank. It was, talk, it was talking about the deep things of God. And how that, uh, that um, in the deep things of God, it brings us into greater dimensions. And so my, my search personally, and, and there's, a, there's a mandate on me right now that I've got, to, I've got to go into a fast. I'm not saying this for anything else, but for this here. Because, because, because there needs to be greater breakthroughs than what we're encountering. Okay, um, I was. T- I don't. Did I tell a story in here about a, a warlock that came into our church in New Orleans years ago, and the guy was in a wheelchair. It, it, a warlock came into the service. And I was preaching. I put the microphone down. I walked around the side. I said, "Hey, man. I said, I know why you're here. I said, you can chant. You can do your stuff. You can do your incantations. But just don't bother the people around you." I said, "That sound sound like a good deal." He said, "Yeah," looking at me like I was half crazy because I said, "But." I'm going to tell you, my God's bigger than your God. It's like two little kids, you know. My daddy's bigger than your daddy, you know. My God's bigger than your God. And I went back, grabbed the microphone, began to preach. And we had, it was a miracle service that we declared what it was. It was a miracle service. And uh, it was a Sunday night. And a lady had, and her daughter had brought uh, her husband and the, and the daughter's dad in a wheelchair. And they rolled him down to the, to the altar, laid hands on him, began to pray. And his, his legs begin to bounce on the, on the chair and just vibrating. And uh, I looked at the, the, the wife and she's weeping. I looked at the daughter, she's weeping. I said, what's going on? And he said for 13, he's paralyzed from his waist down. For 13 years, he hadn't moved his feet. And now he's moving his feet. And I glanced up and the warlock's standing up looking at what's going on. And uh, so anyway... We prayed for him. I mean, God, God was moving in that, in that service. And uh, just one of those moments, you know, you, you have and you, you never get away from it. It's just one of those things. And I believe that we're going to start encountering those again. I, I'm, I'm in that place right now. I could feel the dreams that I'm having are just unbelievable of what is coming. And, and so the presence of God, not, not just in, in New Orleans, but it's in this church too. Uh, the anticipation, the expectation and I, and I contribute, I contribute that to the prayer that's coming up now, the things that are happening, the stirring of the spirit. And so, so there's a mandate for me that I'm going to have to start fasting on a, on, on for that dimension to get that door open so we can start seeing the manifestations of God's power coming forth. So anyway, 
I, I, I looked up and the warlock is looking. He's looking at me and after service, I locked the church up and I'm going out and he's walking up and down the sidewalk in the front of the church and I went over and his name was John. I said, hey, John. I said, man, I'm so glad you came. I said, I want you to come back. He said, oh, I'll be back. I'll be back. And so Wednesday night, <laughs> Wednesday night, no, it was the next Sunday night. Next Sunday night, well, I'm in my office. My wife is in there with me. We're fixing to go out to start service and all. And this horrible smell came into my office. And uh, I looked at my wife. I said, they're here. And uh, I could smell those spirits. And uh, I said, come on. And so we went to the foyer. And so here he is, as John said, and he's got a buddy with him. When I turned the corner, his buddy turned and ran out the door, hit the the glass doors, I thought he was going to break them with it was swinging. And he run down the median on the, on the, on the Legion Fields in, in the New Orleans area. And so I grabbed John. I said, John, come on in, man. Come on, we're fixing to start service. And he's looking over his shoulder. He's walking with me. And he sat down. A series of services he comes to. Now, he, in the midst, midst of that, he said, man, you need to meet my people. He said, we'll prophesy over you. Now, this is a... This is a warlock now. We'll prophesy over you. We'll lay hands on you. The same thing the church does. I said, man, I don't need that. I don't need that. And uh, I said, I'm a child of God, man. I said, so anyway, he asked me, he said, who are you? I said, are you a miracle man? I said, no, I'm just a child of God. And uh, so anyway, he comes down to the altar at one of the services. He says, I want to meet this Jesus that you serve. And so I was able to lead him in a sinner's prayer. Well, I didn't see him. I didn't see him after that. It was like he disappeared. And then I get a phone call. I get a phone call from his sister. She says, I want to speak to the man that prayed for my brother. And, and so the secretary saying, um, well, ma'am, there's a lot of people that come in here. Can you describe him? And she says, well, he was a warlock. And she said, well, I know who he is now. And so, so they put me on the phone. And she says, are you the one that prayed for my brother? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, um, did he accept Christ? I said, yeah, I led him in a sinner's prayer. And she said, I want to thank you for that. She said, we were raised in a certain denomination, and he drifted because he never saw the power of God. He said, but because what he saw in your church, he accepted Christ. I said, well, I've been missing him. She says, well, sad to say, and the reason I'm calling is to let you know he died the other day. And man, it's like all the air just went out of the room when I was on the phone. And she says, but if you would have never confronted him in the service, he might not have made it. But because you confronted him, he said, she says, he used to brag about going into churches and bringing disruption in the church and causing fear to come upon the ministers. He said, but, but you didn't fear it. I said, no, ma'am. I said, power of God is more powerful than that. And so anyway, my point is that when we hide the word of God in our heart, it doesn't matter what comes against us. It doesn't matter what's trying to prevail over us. We can stand, as Paul says, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. Because things might not move just when you think they're going to move. They're going to move in God's time. But if you keep standing, and I, and I, and I have to go back to Daniel. Daniel prayed 21 days. If he'd have gave up on the first day, what would have happened? The angel of the Lord came to him and says, we heard your prayer the first day, but we got held up by the prince of Persia, which tells us Ephesians 6, 12 is true. Wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, power, spiritual wickedness. that's in high places. And we've been held up. And he, and he says, and, and Michael came to help. 
And so, so we, we see the demonstration of how powerful your prayers are if you stick with it. You see, you'll see change take place when you pray. But you have to have a heart for it. You have to have a heart to get into the presence of God. I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's hard, it's difficult at times to pray because of life. Life is so busy. Life is so complicated now. It's not easy like it used to be. You know, it's like we got all these alphabet people coming at us and all these things that we're having to look at and, and see and, and, and which should never be. But, but that in itself should drive us to our knees to begin to pray and do warfare against the principality of power over the regions and over in, that are in high places. We're in a battle. Old ways, old ways will not open new doors. So if I want new doors open, and this is where I am, if, if, if I want the miracles to begin to happen on the basis that I know that they are going to happen, then I'm going to have to get out of old ways, get into a place of fasting and praying on a different level. Fast, fasting is when you can't break it yourself. You begin to fast and pray. And I, and I say that based upon the scripture when Jesus is dealing with, with a man that brings his child and he talks to the disciples and says, this kind only comes out but by prayer and by fasting. So prayer can do something, but the next level is prayer and fasting. So if, if you're having a hard time breaking some things, you might ought to fast from some things so you can have the breakthrough that you need. That makes sense what I'm, what I'm saying. I hope, I, hope, I hope you're getting something from this. I hope that uh, you're taking notes, study this stuff, go back, rehearse it, look at it. Uh, appreciate those that are watching and those that are viewing. We, we, we uh, praying for you and believing God's got some great things in store for you. So as we go off air here, I'm going to be praying for the people here. If you can, join us in the service. It'll be good.